Now on News Talk, as part of our Drama on News Talk series, we bring you an original drama from producer Conor McGinnity following three political hopefuls as they vie for a place in the doll in The Seat. Describe myself in five words. Wow. Five words isn't a lot. How can anyone describe themselves in five words? Five words. Hmm. Up for the crack. Hey. That's important in this kind of thing, though. You have to keep the spirits up. Have to connect with people, you know. Sure didn't Obama win because he liked to take a drink. Nothing wrong with it. I am conscientious, hardworking, and above all else, diligent. Even though my uncle was a TD, I've never really been that interested in politics. But when the thing with Uncle Shamey happened, I don't know. I think it snapped me out of a daze or something. I thought maybe I should try to engage with the whole system, even a little bit. I'm Justin McMahon. You're listening to my documentary special for News Talk FM, The Seat. Gary Collins has long been involved in the struggle against oppression on behalf of the Irish people as was his father's great-uncle, Michael Collins. I reached out to local historian Noel Markey when researching the link. He said he would get back to me, but he hasn't been seen since. Collins invited me to his new office where he was holding a meeting of the Loud 1916 Rising Centenary Committee. So you've joined the Loud 1916 Rising Centenary Committee. It's good to see you're making yourself at home here. What's that supposed to mean? I mean because you've just moved down. I'll have you know I've always considered this county my home. I thought you grew up in Armagh. South Armagh. And the people of South Armagh and North Louth have always had a kinship, unbroken by imperialistic foreign occupation and imaginary boundaries. But I wouldn't expect you to understand. I really don't. I know who you are, Justin McMahon, nephew of Shamey McMahon. I know apples don't rot far from the tree. My shirt is green like a Granny Smith. Yours is blue like... Gary, I can assure you I've no party allegiances. Well, that just means you haven't voted for us. But I suppose you haven't voted for them either. There's hope for you yet, so I can agree to a ceasefire. Great. Do I need to sign anything? Gary showed me around his office, which was empty save for one computer and a supposedly decorative pistol, which he claims was used by his Uncle Mike during the War of Independence. So where's the rest of your campaign staff, Gary? I don't really have a set staff, per se. I do have a brigade of regulars I'd often call into action. We make a fierce flying column dashing from the political undergrowth to exact swift and effective retribution. Like what? Well, just last week we successfully lobbied the council and had a dangerous pothole filled in Fatima. Right. So tell me about the 1916 committee, what you've achieved so far. Ah, the committee, yes. Well, actually, Justin, there's been a change of plan. I'm forming my own committee. I felt the powers that be on the official committee weren't being completely respectful to the hero's relatives, of which I am one. Have you ever heard of Jimmy Emmett? No? (laughs) Well, he's the great-grandson of a rising hero by the name of Bernie Emmett. In May 1915, Bernie swiped the hat off an RUC officer's head, distracting him and allowing the North Loud branch of the ICA to slip into the back of O'Neill's pub whereupon they drew up the plan to march to Dublin in August of that year. 
and sure the rest is history. Of course, the North Louth ICA broke up before they had a chance to go to Dublin and meet Conley, and Bernie himself was in Cavan at a market the day of the Rising. But some would say that without his actions, the Rising would never have succeeded, and we would still be under the yoke of the Crown to this day. And the committee here hasn't even heard of him, let alone planned to honour the contribution he and many others like him made to our freedom. That's some story, Gary. So, yours is the real committee? I wouldn't say real, more provisional. I just couldn't face sweet Jimmy Emmett knowing his great-grandfather wouldn't get justice. So we'd be holding our own celebration next year. Well, is there anything in particular you're planning? Well, we were thinking we could recreate the GPO scene at the town hall and get himself to come down and give a speech. What scene? You know the bit where they're shooting the cannons and there's flames everywhere and the English fellas shouting, FIRE! FIRE! The scene from the film... Michael Collins? Yeah, what else? And and who would you get down to do a speech? Big fella. Liam Neeson. Right. It's just, well, he, he's an actor. Sure, I know that. He's not really Michael Collins. He's as good as though. Everyone would recognise him. I know we'd have to pay him, but we've 10,000 put aside already and we'll get more. How much do you have? 10 grand. That's mostly sterling now, funnily enough. I see. And would there be a taste in it for you, for your costs and whatever? Oh, yeah, yeah. Overheads and administration. Very important to consider. Stationery has gotten very expensive. This is Ethna Harrington, an English teacher and part-time lecturer as well as political hopeful. I got a seat in her class for the leaving, but she's not so bad. I met her on a damp grey day down the Keys, where her campaign got off to a rocky start. Hello, Ethna. This is a disaster. Mary on a bike. What am I going to do? Esna Harrington? Oh yes, sorry. Hello, how are you, potential constituent? Is there anything I can help you with? I'm Justin McMahon. We agreed to meet today for the interview, remember? That was today? We can reschedule if you'd like. No, it's fine. Jason, was it? Justin. <laughs> Just in time to see everything go horribly wrong, huh? Uh, good one. What's the problem? Well, Laurel wanted me to get plastic posters, the normal ones, but I insisted on getting fair trade biodegradable ones. And look. What happened? They've biodegraded. They're not that bad. I look like a monk painting. What effect will this have on your campaign? A big one. I'll let you in on a little secret, Justin. I bought a load of posters because I thought it would save on canvassing. It's not really my strong suit. People don't like me. Apparently they think I'm obtuse and prétentieuse. I really shouldn't have bought these from a developing region. It says proudly made in leash. Oh, I thought that said Laos. Well, it's not the damn Congo, but have you ever been there? Ghastly place altogether. I'd better ring Laurel, she'll know what to do. Laurel Quinn is a former student of Ethel's. She was a few years ahead of me in school. Laurel is her communications officer, graphic designer, canvasser, personal assistant, and pretty much everything else in between. Laurel, yes, she's my campaign manager. She basically runs everything, but she's more than that. She's my... she's my best friend, really. I met her when she was a student of mine. Very bright. Very talented. Very... just very, you know. I had her for the leaving cert, and she came up to me at the end of the last term and gave me a book, Oranges Are Not the Only Fruit, which I still have. I think that's really when I knew that she would make a great campaign manager if I ever ran for office. But yeah, it's nice to have someone out on the trail with you. Paddy the Gibbon Fitzgibbon 
features heavily in local historian Noel Markey's six-book series on the Intermediate County Horning Championship of 1982. One account from a teammate heavily mythologises his arms and their abundant phallicity. Hairiest arms in the league, young Paddy had. You don't see much of them now, they're covered up by the suits. But the rival team knew something was going to happen when they saw those badgers flashing out of the corner of their eyes and he'd go screaming for the goal. Many's a pint he'd whack over and they'd be left with nothing but a handful of four. There wouldn't be a yelp out of him though. They'd be taking tufts out of him all day but it wouldn't matter. Take more, take it all, he'd say. An animal. The gibbon. My team. Sure haven't I the whole county looking out for me. Well, the ones with sense anyway. Being in a political party like I am, it's like a singles night at the racetrack. A few scoops, some laughs, and a little flutter with some like-minded people, hey. The Gibbon was running on a businessman of the people platform. So the day after Ethna's poster mishap, I met him on a tour of local businesses. Of all the candidates, the Gibbon was the most like my Uncle Shamey. So I was actually looking forward to spending the afternoon with him. Justin McMahon, the lad himself. Hi, Mr. The Gibbon. Mr. The Gibbon was me father. Just call me Paddy. Awful what happened to poor old Shamey. Awful altogether. Although in fairness, he was very, very corrupt. I mean, you can forgive a little bit of the brown envelope foxtrot. Makes the world go round, but you can't get caught. Paddy, I'm recording this. Oh, is that what this is? Right. What I meant was, did I ever tell you about the time I captained the Jerry's senior team back in 79? Got to the club final and everything. Didn't win that one, as you know, but it's not all about what you do on the day, it's the run-up to it as well. That's how I feel about the politics. It's not always the result. It's getting people behind you, getting them involved. So that's how the fan club started. Fan club? Oh, aye. It was set up by a woman named Mary. She's the chairperson. Founded in 1978 when I first broke onto the Jerry's panel, and they've been keeping track of me ever since. There aren't many members now, unless you want to join. There's a quarterly newsletter, swimsuit edition, this month. Uh, no thanks. I'd imagine your arms feature heavily in that. Oh yeah, the arms. I was blessed with them. The man above saw fit to grant me prodigious talent with a hurl and the four arms of a gorilla to go with it. A gibbon. Huh? A gibbon, you have the forearms of a gibbon. And my name's Paddy Fitzgibbon. That's gas. Your followers have been calling you that for years. Ah, I know that. I just thought it was a nickname. Like we used to call Wallace the Wall or Dickinson the Sun. There was a piece in the paper about you and they took the photos in the zoo at the ape enclosure. I thought that was just a bit of crack. They took a gibbon out and had you pose your arms next to his. I've seen the piece. You know, the more you talk about it, the more obvious it becomes. Anyway, I was a fierce hurler. If this was a smaller county, I would have broken onto the senior panel, and that's for sure. We're in loud. I mean smaller as in population-wise. How much smaller would we have to be? If there had been one less person in this county, that spot in midfield would have been mine. Just one? Yes. Gee, we're running a sort of affirmative action programme make sure the country lads got a look in. The Access for Rural Stars Equality Scheme or something. And that's how you lost out? Yeah. Some bumpkin from the wilds of Terman Fecken got the spot. Eddie Cash. He fashioned his own hurl out of a hawthorn branch. Real famine stuff. Oh, the media loved it. Oh, that's me manager. I'm probably late. 
I have a meeting with a PR guru down from Party HQ. Hello, pet. Just finishing up an interview. There in five. All right, love. Tell him I'm on the way. I thought that was your manager. Me daughter. Same person. This politics thing is a family affair. Listen, do you mind if we finish this another time? That's grand. I, I have what I need anyway. Right, so. Are you, are you heading home? I'm going that way if you need a lift. That'd be great, thanks. Just put your gear on the back seat there. So, how's your mother keeping? Grand, yeah. She's uh, getting the house ready for my sister coming home from Australia. Did she get a job at home? Yeah, her company opened a branch in Dublin, so uh, she's getting transferred. That's brilliant. Good to see things turning around, isn't it? Of course, it's all down to the current government and their tireless efforts to reverse our economic woes. That's it, yeah. And the radio stuff, is it going well for you? It's not bad. I'm kept going. It's good to have an opportunity to do something. Oh, this is it. This is you here, isn't it? The next one. Oh, any, anywhere here is fine, though. Thanks. Grand, here we are. Tell them all I was asking for them. Will do. See you again, Paddy. Thanks. Paddy gave me a lift home after I met and interviewed him on the trail. I left my recorder in the back seat of his car and only remembered it later that day. I had to listen back to see if I could find something usable. Paddy singing along to the radio, maybe even a phone call discussing tactics with his consultant. What I did hear was something shocking. Quick, quick. Well? I have something for you. What is it? Are you followed? I told Laurel I was going to the shop. No one saw me get into your car. Good. What's with all this cloak and dagger stuff anyway? You said it was important? Glove compartment. No, wait. Under your seat. Where did you get this? Public record. You just have to know the right questions to ask. It deserves to be out there. Yeah, but isn't this a little bit smeary? I don't think so. It's a benefit to both of us. And the public have a right to know. Just think. What have you won? All right. I didn't know what this mysterious exchange between the two meant. Not then, anyway. As if that wasn't enough, moments after Esna got out of the car, something else happened. I'll be there in less than a minute. Paddy! Shut up, Gary. What if someone hears you? I'm sorry, you have the wrong number. That's more like it. I'll see you at our secret meeting spot, Paddy. Bye. Oh, why do I bother? Well, boy, how's she got now? This takes me back. The secret meetings, mysterious phone calls. What's the target, Paddy? I find it very hard to believe you were ever involved in any organization that practiced subterfuge. Hold on a second now. I definitely was not a member of any organization. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not on the news now. What's the crack then? What have I told you? I knew a way we could do untold damage to one of our rivals. I know a few lads that could do that. Thanks, though. Political damage. I'm listening. 
I don't have the evidence yet, but I've heard rumours of a sort that would not only sideline our intellectual adversary, but put her out of the game altogether. We're playing hardball now, are we? Nails sticking out of the hurl, sand in the face, elbow in the groin kind of stuff. Hmm, my reputation precedes me. I have nothing concrete yet, but I have me best people on it. It was obvious Paddy was trying to play the other two off against each other. Was this Dirty Tricks campaign sanctioned by the powers that be, or was Paddy a rogue agent? I racked my brain for answers. I honestly couldn't credit him with the intelligence necessary for an operation this cunning, especially when I heard the last act in his little saga. Hello? No, you're, you're not on hands-free. There's no one in the car anyway. It's done. All accomplished. They're armed and waiting for me signal. This was all very unusual. I didn't have all the facts, so I decided to keep this newfound information under my hat. For now. I'm here at a fairly common spectacle in this day and age. A protest at the site of a water meter installation. What's unusual is not the size of the crowd that has gathered, although it is large, but the fact that not one, but all of those vying for the seat in the upcoming by-election have turned out. Why? The meter is being installed at Gary Collins' new house, and he is, quote-unquote, standing up to the big fella and refusing to allow the sovereignty of his domicile be compromised by the jackboot of the aquatic oppressor. The rest of them are here because they don't want him getting all of the attention. Hear ye, hear ye. I am sick to the teeth of the many and varied charges the current government has levied upon us. I'm relatively new in these parts, and already I can't believe it. I even have to pay for my bins, and this is supposed to be the free state. Ah, it's not that bad, Gary. Look, the great Paddy Fitzgibbon and the luxurious Ethna Harrington have turned up. Hello, Gary. I think you might mean illustrious. Ceramics. Anyway, what are you saying about the water charges, Paddy? Come up to the front, the pair of you. Hello, all. As usual, I relish the opportunity to speak to my hopefully future constituents about matters that are evidently of great importance to them. Thank you. As a member of the current ruling party, are you in favour of the proposed charges? I am in favour of affordable water for all. So, we should have to pay for the water that falls from the sky, goes through a natural filtration process and finds its way into our taps? I believe there are other alternatives, Gary. Duns are doing a great two-for-one on Evian at the minute. What about you, Ethna? Well... I believe that if a high-quality service is provided to benefit the people of this country, it is reasonable to expect the benefactors of said service to proportionately compensate the state and other bodies for the provision and maintenance of the aforementioned service. What? She said we should pay. I heard her. My caveat was that a high-quality service should be paid for. It's highly doubtable that this is such a service. I'm against an empty tax that only exists so the government can raise enough funds to proffer to their masters in Europe, only to be patted on the head and thrown a few crumbs from the banqueting table. I think you've lost that one, Paddy. And what about you, Gary? 
full time on your home turf and you've been left wanting. Extra time given. Watch this. I'm not here to talk the talk. Watch as I, Gary Collins, confound and mesmerize the authorities by chaining myself to the water meter intended for my own property. Gary, no. Your concern is touching, Harrington, but a line must be drawn. It's not safe. Look at those machines and that workman there. Can't be more than 17. Does he even have a safe pass? You're right. I never checked. Please reconsider, Gary. I couldn't bear it if something happened to you. If you feel that strongly about it, due to safety concerns outside my control, I am forced to postpone my act of civil disobedience. An open goal and you missed, Collins. Guys, how about a proper forum for this discussion? Some of the people can hear you engage with each other and tackle the issues that really matter. Fine with me. And me. I wouldn't mind doing this summer a bit warmer. You're listening to The Seats on News Talk 106 to 108. All right, listeners, we're here for a final round of short interviews and then we'll head into our debate streaming live across the web. Hashtag LLGD, that's the late, late, great debate. First up, 